Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and we are here tonight to review every single thing that happened during the Sunday afternoon games of an entertaining, random, you know, maybe shitty, depending on how your fantasy teams did, week nine in the NFL. But hey, any even bad relative game of Sundays uh, in the NFL to me is still a gift from the gods because it's not going to be that long, people, not to get emotional here until there's no football once again. So continue to embrace even the down. And as always, I am joined by none other than PFF senior analyst Dwayne, The Rock McFarlane. Dwayne, how are you? Man, I'm good. You're, you're looking pretty good, man. You know, you you faded the hairdo on um, <laughs> For the last time I was with you earlier in the week, it was you know high and tight. Now you like Andrew. I don't know if you've seen Andrew. Andrew's high and tight now. You know, uh, it's like a, an old episode of Hard Knocks. It was Jason Garrett's younger brother. They're always screaming at Martellus Bennett. High and tight, Martellus. High and tight. Like that's y'all's haircut. But now, like you're sporting like a tan, man. Look at you. Well, as I was saying before the show, you know, one man's tan is another man's sunburn. So whatever, <laughs> we're going to go with tan here. And yeah, man, look, I have nothing against uh, like having longer hair. I think it's cool like i okay i don't love the buzz cut or anything like that my problem is that i love wearing beanies so much that when i found out that you, like when you have hair gel and stuff in like you got to wear earmuffs instead of beanies that's where i drew the line Dwayne. so I'm, I'm a man of principles and i uh you know i had to do what i had to do but enough of that nonsense people you came here to get that nfl fantasy football information from again an eventful week nine and we are here to provide it so starting off we got the browns taking down the Bengals, 41 to 16 cleveland covered as a two-point underdog Quite easily overcashed at 47 and a half. So, you know what? Like, OBJ is gone. He's out of the picture. I wish it would have worked out better. So did everyone else. It didn't. That's just the reality. And now here we are. Baker Mayfield thriving. Once again, only took him 21 pass attempts to get to 218 yards and two scores. I mean, the long touchdown he threw, I believe it was 60 yards. Yeah, to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Just absolutely beautiful. And then, like, the seam touchdown to David Njoku even later. Arguably even better. I mean, that SpongeBob meme where it just shows him like looking like a complete wuss and then just a complete like jackhammer ready to fight like that's baker with obj and without obj i can't explain it you can't explain it we just we can move on now so it's good people um nick chubb monster game you know last week i was the idiot of the fantasy community for implying that hey maybe he could go for 100 plus and two touchdowns of course he did the week after my helicopter crash so all good great game by chubb and also Dwayne. i mean look we give a lot of love to dearness johnson chubb kareem Demetric Fountain, man, this dude is legit as a receiver. It was just like one little pivot route he did, but they really gave him the wide receiver corner ISO cam and Felton, man, all year. Not too many opportunities, but he's made a lot with them. So that was the big takeaways from the Browns offense. Now, real quickly, on the Bengals side of things, just wasn't quite the day for these guys. And, you know, Dwayne, we cover injuries every single week, and I'm, I'm just reporting what's happened. Auden Tate has missed the last two games with a thigh injury and the Bengals have lost their last two games uh, fairly significantly. So not saying correlation is always equal to causation, but that, those are just two facts uh, that have happened here in Cincinnati. Really, the I think biggest takeaway from this Bengals offense, look, Joe Mixon got over 100 total yards, two touchdowns, RB1 every week, and we know that. But people, this was going to be a huge game for Jamar Chase. 13 targets, only had 49 scoreless yards, but he dropped a perfect 23 yard uh, ball from Burrow that hit him right in the chest. Maybe the sun got in his eyes, but it was a drop. And then he had another drop later. And then he actually had a 32-yard catch nullified on a hold. You know, wasn't all 
just bemoan him. He did lose a fumble as well, but on the week so far, one of only four wide receivers with over 100 unrealized air yards. So, Dwayne, I guess uh, the one big takeaway from just scanning the general box score numbers is, you know, Dearness Johnson, he ended up with eight carries to Nick Chubb's 14, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure a lot of those came in the fourth quarter, man. We could be looking at, like, Nick Chubb, top three, top five RB as long as Hunt's out. Yeah, I think uh, Chubb could have had 200 if they had not yeah. been ahead by so much at the end. Um, I mean, he ended up with 58% of the attempts and 33% to Dearness Johnson, like you mentioned. Most of those came late in the game, what we would call the four-minute offense, basically just trying to ice it away so you can get out of the stadium without any injuries, and that's the role that Dearness Johnson played. But, I mean, with Chubb, man, today, <clears throat> he was amazing. If you look at him, 36% of his carries went for 10 yards or more. Um, 92% of his yards came on explosive runs of 10 yards or more. Um, you know, if you look at his, you know, uh, missed tackles forced per attempt, 43.43. If you look at his yards after his yards after contact, 8.57, no big <laughs> deal. Uh, first down or touchdown on his carries, 43% of his touches went for a first down or a touchdown. So, yeah, it was a big day for Nick Chubb. You were a week early on your helicopter. But, you know, that's a helicopter that you can probably fly most weeks, to your point, while Kareem Hunt is out. Um, the other new, the other little note on the Browns, we've got our first week, you know, without Odell Beckham Jr. And so just kind of looking at the receivers you had, Jarvis Landry, which we expected, you know, really leading the way on routes per pass play, 83%. I would expect that to be closer to 90 or 95%. You know, Ian in weeks where um, the Browns aren't leading late in the game, but he still led the team also with 24% of the targets. Didn't come through big in the box score. I think it was a three catches for 11 yards, something pretty crappy. But overall, like, Landry's still going to be a low-end wide receiver three. Like, he's going to lead the team. Um, then the other two receivers that of note, um, Donovan Peoples-Jones was out there for 71% of the routes. And then also Anthony Schwartz was out there for 71% of the routes. And we, of course, saw Donovan Peoples-Jones come through on that big catch that you talked about, 60 yards from Baker Mayfield for a touchdown. He led the team with 41% of the air yards. Um, so I do think Peoples-Jones is the other receiver to roster on this yep. team, Ian, going forward. I think he is a boom-bust wide receiver four that could turn into a little bit more. Um, he was dealing with a growing injury, so he was limited in practice all week. But if you look back, the two weeks before he got hurt, before he injured his growing, you know, he had a game with 100 yards and another game with 70 yards. So I do think that Peoples-Jones, you know, and he's a guy that they liked in training camp. So he's a guy that could be sneaky. On the Bengals side of the ball, nothing really new from a utilization perspective there. Um, the only thing I would mention, you know, is T. Higgins continues to do, you know, his thing as well. Yes, Jamar Chase could have had an absolutely huge day. Uh, like you mentioned, the touchdown catch was just, I mean, a perfect throw by Burrow. Good coverage, like tight coverage, but a perfect throw, like right over the shoulder in the end zone, right in the bread basket. And, you know, Jamar Chase just, just couldn't manage to pull it in. So, I mean, those things, those kind of things will happen. But if you look at Higgins, he's, again, right there, you know, in Jamar Chase's hip pocket. Air yards 36% versus 47%. Higgins did come through okay for you in the box score today. We're just missing the touchdowns. And so those eventually will come. Um, Tyler Boyd, unfortunately, took a little bit of a step back um, this week after coming through for folks last week. It's just a situation like we've talked before on the pod. You know, you're probably going to get two of these guys be worth starting each week, and there's going to be a third guy that really gets left out. Um, today, you did get more pass. You, did, you got more volume from the Bengals trailing early and often. They ran 75 offensive plays before taking away penalties. Um, but they still only dropped back to pass 51. I say only. 51 <laughs> of the times. That's a lot, actually. Two times for Brandon Allen. 49 times for Joe Burrow. So that did help as well. 
Yeah, and he nailed it on Donovan Peoples-Jones. We saw in the preseason, and we even saw it last year for stretches. He only had a handful of targets, but he really did make the most out of his opportunities. The one uh, note with Anthony Schwartz, again, people, I, I scanned several different you know means of injuries for this podcast, but we don't usually know exactly what's going on until Monday at the earliest or Wednesday when practice reports come out. So, grain of salt, but I did see Anthony Schwartz with an undeclosed injury get pulled out, Dwayne. So, if we can take Schwartz out of the equation, Donovan Peoples-Jones gets even more more air yards look the hell out maybe even boomer bust wide receiver three call me crazy pff lily staff for this one is for donovan peoples jones lots of really good wide receivers out of the last two draft classes just six are averaging at least two yards per route run jamar chase justin jefferson Kadarius tony kyle pitts rondale moore and none other than donovan peoples jones guy keeps on making plays gotta love it broncos took down the Cowboys. Sorry, Dwayne. Our Cowboys got absolutely smacked in this one. You know, it was, it was a week after a game that they should have, could have, absolutely, you know, nine times out of ten lose to the Vikings, so whatever. Uh, Denver covers as ten-point dogs under cashes um, uh, under 50 points. So, really, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, hats off to him. 21 of his 28 pass attempts were deemed catchable by PFF in this one. No interceptions. He took four sacks, but, you know, that's what's going to happen when you face guys like Parsons and Gregory um, and you do drop back 28 times. So, really was just one great throw after another. Tim Patrick, um, especially, was the recipient. 44-yard touchdown right on over Trayvon Diggs. This was a rough one, Dwayne. I've been a Diggs defender throughout this season because I do think you can have mistakes, but if you're getting that many turnovers, like it makes up for them. But man, he gave up the long touchdown to Patrick. He got a, it seemed like we got a stop earlier when they threw a slant to Cortland Sutton, but no, we got a DPI on that. They score on that drive. And then later before the half, an interception gets nullified because Diggs got a holding penalty on him. So really just not one of his better games. And you know, it is what it is. It wasn't a better game for pretty much anyone on Dallas. Zero points until halfway through the fourth quarter. Who gets the garbage time touchdowns? Oh, Malik Turner, of course. So credit to uh, Turner for doing his thing there. But yeah, this was just really an all-around game to more or less, I think, just throw out with the Cowboys. Shout out to the Broncos, though. Again, can't say how impressive this was. Javante Williams, 111 yards on just 17 carries. Dwayne, every single week, he has at least one chunk run that just shows off the ceiling. And Melvin Gordon, to his credit, though, like it's, it's almost like the Pollard-Zeke thing from earlier in the year now Javante should be taken over I know we weren't making that case for Pollard but like Melvin isn't terrible I was ready to kind of come at him when he missed uh Parsons on a pass protection and gave up a sack they kept him out there and then he picked up uh Keanu Reeves like perfectly the next time out so he does do a lot of those little things well and he's not completely washed but yeah please for the love of God Denver free uh Javante my final quick note here Jerry Judy lots of easy yak stuff Dwayne I mean we know he's got the route running goodness but if they can keep scheming stuff up for him the way they did today he's going to be a dangerous guy and I think I'm all ready to just anoint him over Cortland Sutton I I know we only have three games at this point with both of them active but it's like we thought. Judy is the better receiver for um, Teddy Bridgewater. If Drew Locke was under center right now on the COVID list, maybe then we can get behind Sutton. Only other note I have was a big sheesh, huge one for C.D. Lamb. We talked about how Jamar Chase could have had a massive day. C.D. Lamb, like, even tenfold, man, because Chase's was, like, really on him. C.D.'s was more so on Dak. Two deep bomb misses that with a better ball could have been scores for C.D. The second one was particularly egregious. 60-yarder on fourth and one where Dak was rolling out, but, I mean, C.D. had a couple steps, and I don't think that corner was going to catch him. So, overall, week high, 166 unrealized air yards for C.D. 
CD Lamb, and he even also had a 28-yard catch nullified on a hold. So Zeke's okay with the knee. Albert O is questionable with the knee now, and Tim Patrick looked like he had a bad injury, just cramped. So overall, Dwayne, again, I think the story of this game, other than the Broncos defense playing so well, it's how damn good Javante Williams is already. Yeah, I think that's the big one. The two big things I was going to hit on was really Lamb in the day that could have been, and then Williams. So, I mean, if you look at Williams, you know, just kind of like what we talked about with Nick Chubb, you know, whenever we talked about the Browns, 29% of his, of his you know, rushing attempts for, went for 10 yards or more. So, 79% of his yards came on explosive carries. Missed tackles forced per attempt, you know, 0.41. If you look at his yards after contact, 3.76. I mean, pretty much like second on the day to everyone besides Nick Chubb. If you want to throw Jonathan Taylor in there from earlier in the week, you know, really those are your top three backs of the week as far as, you know, what they did from a standpoint of really just making defenders look silly. It's Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, and Javante Williams. He continues to join that club. We also did have a rushing play in, like you always say, you know, Ian, maybe it's called, maybe it's part of what enabled, right, the carry. But we were close to both Denver Bronco backs having over 100 yards rushing. You have a 24-yard rushing attempt called back for Melvin Gordon in the game. So he, that would have put him at 104 yards. So to your point, Yes, Javante Williams looks better. He looks, you know, he is the sexy runner on the Broncos, but Melvin Gordon does continue to quietly just kind of do his thing. And it's enough, you know, just to really keep him on the field. But again, the beauty with with Javante Williams is they continue to use him in every scenario. A lot of it comes down to which players on the field for which drive, right? Um, So, I mean, like this week, you saw Javante Williams get 100% of the two-man offense. He had 75% of the short down and distance offense. He has a snaps, 53% Melvin Gordon, 47% Javonta Williams. Attempts, 53% Gordon, 40% you know, to Williams. But the routes, they were equal, 46%. So the coaching staff does trust him. If something were to happen with Gordon or if they just kind of decided late you know, down the stretch to give it over to Williams, I mean, we are talking about a low-end RB1 with huge RB1 upside every week if we get Javonta Williams in there. As far as Jerry Judy goes, um, he continues to expand his role only in his second week back. Um, So this week he got to 80% of the routes, led the team in targets, 33%, uh, 24% of the air yards. So Tim Patrick actually led the team in air yards at 47%. Um, Really with this, Ian, like with Tim Patrick continuing to be so good, like it's just, it's an issue, you know, because I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, fine, you're okay. But you play under a conservative head coach. Um, you you play with a conservative quarterback um, who's also not eliminating mistakes, really, even though Bridgewater did have an okay day today, except when he saw Micah Parsons. My, Micah Parsons was freaking Teddy Bridgewater the freak out. Like he, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater did not want anything to do with Micah Parsons. It was pretty funny. Um, but who does? Who really wants to have Seriously, anything to do with man. Micah Parsons? Yeah, so but Cortland Sutton, to your point, man, only 8% of the targets today. He was out there. He led the team in routes, 89%. Um, but it's just, you know, and Jerry Judy's getting to operate from the slot. Over 60% of his today came he, from the slot. I know Corland drew two DPIs on digs, I guess, so he had two more targets than that. But either way, it wasn't anywhere close to Judy. Yeah. So, and this is actually pulling all of that. This is pulling with those plays. Oh, so, is that? Okay. Well, yeah. Screw yeah. me that. I think so. If I'm pulling it right, I pulled it quickly before this, but usually I leave those plays in for the raw. Point like, stands either way, though. Yes. But yeah, 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 for sure. It's just, it's a, it's, it's too many targets. It's too many mouths to feed for this offense. So as much as I like Judy too, I feel like it's, there's going to be an odd player out each week. Um, on the Cowboys side of the ball, just really quickly, I won't hit on anything else about Lamb. I mean, you hit all the high points. Like, just continue to start him. Amari Cooper was only out there 59, for 59% of the routes. Look, folks, he's really nursing, you know, the injury with the hamstring. You know, he's gutting it out, and he's playing. 
But in these kind of situations, you know, one, even in a game where it had been close down to the end, like he probably still wouldn't have eclipsed 70% of the routes. And then you get in a game where the blowout, it just makes more sense to get him off the field, even though the Cowboys, for whatever reason, decided to keep Dak Prescott out there. Uh, Dalton Schultz, other class, uh, last note, with Blake Jarwin out, Ian, 91% routes Ooh. per drop back. So that would put him up there in that elite territory. Um, obviously, he didn't have a great week today. 14% of the targets didn't come through really for you in the box score. But if you get up over that number, um, you're in solid. Um, you're in a solid situation as a tight end. PFF Lily highlight goes to Javante Williams because he has been doing this all year. Missed tackles force per carry, 0.37. That is number one in the NFL. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are tied for second all the way down at 0.29. And this schedule, Dwayne, again, it's not a guarantee that they hand it over to him, but if there ever was going to be a stretch where he can make the most out of these 12 to 15 touches per game, it's going to be against the Eagles, the Chargers, the Chiefs, Lions, Bengals, Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs to end the season. I know Sometimes, you know, we're ending the league in week 16 and we got, you know, a uh, Bengals defense and a Raiders defense. I don't think are bad per se, but come on. You guys heard the Chargers twice, the Chiefs, the Lions, Javante and Melvin set up to potentially thrive here down the stretch of the fantasy season. All right, those were two of, I think, the more packed games for uh, notes here, people, because this one, next one, not quite as interesting. Uh, Dolphins beat the Texans 17-9. Miami covered as a four-point favorite. The under cashed at 45. Uh, for those that did not see, you know, the it, it sucked, Dwayne. I was in the airport this morning. I'm not going on like three hours of sleep right now. So apologies, everyone, if uh, I start talking anything loony as this goes on a little bit longer. But I sat down, you know, I always try to carve out a good 20, 30 minutes Sunday morning, answer some start-sit questions on, sit, on uh, Twitter. And I had a bunch of them like, hey, I have Tua and Kyler. Should I go ahead and start Tua um, with Kyler not looking to play? And I said, absolutely. Got on my plane, got off my plane. And oh, Tua's out too. This is freaking great. Gotta love fantasy football. So, it was a late notification. Like yeah. it, it, pretty, it came after most waivers ran, like in High States League, all that kind of stuff. It was, I mean, it, it was it was over, it was an hour and a half before the game, but it was it was later, probably much later than, you know, after you had made those comments. Yeah, so apologies if that happened to go through there. But yeah, I just really had no way of knowing that up until we found out that, yes, per ESPN's Adam Schefter, he does have a small fracture in the middle finger of a stone hand that is not recovered enough to allow him to start this game. And the Dolphins are on Thursday Night Football this week, so we could see Jacoby Brissett back in for another game. Look, Dwayne, we've been saying it all year. You know, Jacoby just turns in one gritty performance after another. We're not going to start him in fantasy land. He'll make one or two really good throws a game, and he's probably going to be a top 40 quarterback for the next like five six years to continue to rack in money as a backup so i love this touchdown to mac hollins he took a shot in the pocket and it was a nice throw other than that we had miles gaskin converting 20 carries in the 34 yards and a score that was on a pretty cool wildcat play so shout out that and that's what we can get we can actually get lucky with volume with miles gaskin now that malcolm brown is out of the picture and then um as for the receivers like everyone as soon as jacoby got put under center and we knew he was starting made the same joke about Jalen Waddle having a bunch of receptions for not an overwhelming amount of yards eight catches 83 10 targets long of 17 exactly what the doctor ordered for Waddle Mike Desicki and Dwayne I think you have something to say here about his usage in this one like I wanted to see more of him like that was the only problem the eight targets were fine but when we have him making 
I don't want to say the catch of the day. I think Devin Duvernay won that award, but probably the second one, like that one-handed snag uh, Jasicki had down the middle, absolutely awesome. So great stuff uh, from Mike. Final quick notes on Houston. I won't take too long here. Danny Amendola had a chance for a 20-yard score, but Tyrod Taylor overthrew him. Was not a good day for Tyrod. Three picks, five sacks, and yeah, so really just brutal. And one of those interceptions, man, he was going out of bounds, and he literally just like flipped the ball like something Mahomes would maybe do, but he didn't flip it out of bounds so the Dolphins linebacker just picked it off on the sideline so not exactly Tyrod's finest game but you know what whatever when you're playing inside that dumpster fire of an organization I guess those things will happen final note Scotty Phillips aka the RB5 on Houston or whatever he was to start the year who inexplicably rises up the death chart once they decide to trade Mark Ingram, he did suffer a leg injury. So if you're really a sick enough person to continue to try to invest in this Houston Texans backfield, uh, at least Scotty Phillips is out of the picture for you. But Dwayne, let's not focus on the dumpster fire that is the Houston Texans, at least in terms of fantasy. Why can't we get Mike Jasicki more reps? I'm, I'm not hating on the guy, Dwayne. I just think he blinds up as a wide receiver, but whatever, that's dumb. I've spent enough time on that anyway. Like, let's get, let's get the second or first best pass game option on the Dolphins a full-time role. Is that too much to ask? So, so they did improve as the game went on. In the first half, he was only out there for 60% of the passing play. Okay, I saw you tweet that, and I was like, Which is, I hope that that Yeah, that with Devonta Parker out, Will Fuller still on IR, it's like, what the hell? Like, this coaching staff just likes to get the worst players on the field. Um, in the second half, though, they did correct things. He was okay. out there for, on, for a total in the game. He was out there 86% of the routes, which remember, we just want to be over 80%. Last week, he was at 98%. He led all tight ends last week. Accounted for 21% of the targets. 26% went to Jalen Waddle, as you mentioned. The nice thing for um, Waddle this week was that before what we've seen from Brissett is like all this three and four yards um, average depth of target. And that wasn't the case this week. He actually got the ball down the field a little bit more. Not not deep, but at least intermediate, right, for Waddle, which helped. And that, that kept his yards per route run up over a two, which is a 2.08 today. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Nothing to hit on the Texans. Um, the Dolphins passing game continues to be funneled down just to these two players. Miles Gaskin, interestingly, like, what did, what did it take for Miles Gaskin to really kind of uncork everything? A leading game script. He's the passing. He should be the passing down back, but not in Miami. In Miami, like, he's the back you want to own when they just want to pound it. But whatever. 20 carries for 34 yards against the Texans. My goodness. Uh, the PFF delay matchup stat is going to go to Jalen Waddle. It was good. Like, Dwayne, I think on Jacoby's, like, first pick, I did notice that it was, like, 30 yards downfield to Waddle. So, you know, I wasn't happy about the interception. But, you know, small victories uh, here and there. But, yeah, people, it has been rough as a whole this year. 79 wide receivers have at least 25 targets. Waddle is at just 8.9 yards per out run. That's 74th, only ahead of Cole Beasley, Braxton Berrios, uh, Crowder, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Jalen Rager. Not exactly the best company to be in, but I maintain the explosion will be coming. Hopefully Tua is healthy enough to suit up next week. Falcons took down the Saints 27-25. Atlanta covered as a six-and-a-half point dog. The overcashed at 43. Falcons almost did it again. We all know about 28-3. This one was at 24-6. Saints came storming back, took the lead. But who came out? Who put the Superman cape on to save the day? None other than Court Daryl Patterson. 64-yard catch down the sideline to get Atlanta in position to kick the game-winning field goal. Just a thing of beauty. And they needed that. I mean, we were just hating on Gaskin for not rushing efficiently. 
efficiently. I mean, just throw the entire Atlanta Falcons team in that same category. 25 rush attempts for 34 yards as a team. I'm like, why'd they stop throwing the ball? Like, that's just going the teeth of the defense. Whatever, they got the win. So, uh, Olamide Zacchaeus, Dwayne, is that pronunciation right? I think that's I think that's I think that's correct, Ian. Okay, Sorry. It's, it's, it's on you. It's on you if it's not. So I know it's, it's on me. Fine. It's on me. Couple scores. I mean, this guy had three targets. He caught two of them for touchdowns, and his other catch was for 49 yards down the field. So you know, he's uh, one of those funny guys where there was a brief time during the summer where some, including myself, were looking at him as the potential number two, number three receiver in Atlanta. So those stray best ball teams that I'm sure are still suffering from Raheem Mostert-induced uh, horrors anyway aren't going anywhere. But at least we got uh, Zacchaeus one good game out there. And then, yeah, I guess my only two other big takeaways uh, hysterically in the first half mark ingram had more touches than alvin kamara and i was really mad it did seem to correct itself a little bit in the second half though and alvin finished over 100 total yards and the score i just want to know man are we really doing this trevor simeon thing he has played as well as you could hope i guess over the past two weeks he came back and gave them another chance to win but like Taysom Hill, you can call void years whatever you want. You gave this guy a four-year, $140 million deal, and Sean Payton, at least he didn't crack up during the answer, said that they, you know, or through Justina Anderson, I believe, my bad if I'm off on this, but from what I remember, they basically said, like, they have a franchise quarterback contract framework in place now in the event that Taysom ends up thriving and they want to move on with him in the future. So let's find out, because if it's like, hey, first game back from the concussion, we wanted to ease him in, that doesn't mean you should be using him as a lead blocker in your freaking offense man so hey if you want to go with Simeon I guess that's fine but I would really like to find out if Taysom can be the guy that you gave him that contract to be because I, I just refuse to accept that easing back in from a concussion thing uh, is a smart idea when they're using him the way they do in that offense so um, only sheeshes in this one Kyle Pitts dropped a big one about 30 yards on the first play of the game came back relatively okay but yeah I just realized the 62 yards could have easily been 100 if he comes down with one that he'll catch 9 times out of 10 and uh, Russell Gage, I'll, I'll find his video and tweet it out tomorrow. Like one of the worst hurdle attempts I've ever seen. Oh, God, the guy, it was terrible. The, the guy like never even came close to even putting his head down and Gage just like, it was the epitome of like accidentally hit triangle in Madden and just went absolutely nowhere. So Dwayne, let's break down this Kamara and Ingram usage though, because in the box score, it doesn't look great. I'm wondering how much worse or better it might look really behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, it really is more of a committee now. I mean, you still have Alvin Kamara as the lead, right? I mean, he's still out there for 70% of the routes. Um, he's just under 50% of the rushing attempts this week at 46%. But it's 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 not quite like what it used to be when it was Kamara and Ingram, you know, Ian. It's still Kamara in the lead, but it's definitely not what we saw earlier in the year where basically it's Kamara every single play all the time. Um, so it, it's, it's not enough for us to just completely freak out. But the problem is, is that the offense just isn't very good. So used to like this kind of utilization or even a little bit less than what we're seeing with Kamara now would have been OK because you're in an offense that was moving the ball really well. Now we've got a Saints offense that isn't moving the ball as well. So it was nice to be getting everything. And now we're getting about uh, we're getting like 70 to 80 percent of what we were getting Kamara through the first few weeks. So it is something we'll continue to keep an eye on. It, it's, it's not something where, oh, my God, we have to think that Kamara is, you know, just not a fantasy asset anymore because he, he really is. I mean, he's still going to be fine. 
but he's in that you know mid-range to low-end RB1. There's going to be weeks where Ingram will probably be more annoying than others. I think the biggest thing we need from this offense, Ian, is just the offense itself really needs to get going. A um, couple of other quick notes, not that they matter a ton, but like if the if we do get the Saints, like if they get if they start go, you know getting things together, you get Traquan Smith at 88% of the routes. That's by far his high of the season. This is third week back. Um, you also have Callaway close to that mark as well, but he's been up and down all over the place. So Traquan's one I'm kind of keeping an eye on. Um, nobody though really leading the team in targets. Like it's it's spread out. It's like 15% to Kamara, 13% to Ingram. 18% to Adam Trotman, who had a huge drop in this game. 18% to Deonta Harris, who was only out there for 42% of the routes. Then you got 10% to Traquan. 13% to Kenny Stills. He's still around. 15% to Marquez Callaway. So it's really spread out um, with Trevor, Trevor Simeon under center. Uh, real quick on the Falcons. Uh, you, you guys can figure out who to guess on each week, Russell Gage or, or Sharp. Um, 29% of the targets went to Gage this week after last week posting a donut. The week before, it was Gage. And so the only thing I say that's really positive is you did have Gage and you had Sharp out there for 84% of the routes, whereas last week they were both under the 70% mark. Not that you're going to get super excited about it. Kyle Pitts is still fine. 21% of the targets, targeted on 22% of, of his routes. And then Corderell Patterson, man, three weeks in a row where he's tied, four weeks in a row actually, where he's tied or led the team in rushing attempts. Um, he was out there for 80% of the two-minute offense. Um, out there for 50% of the long down distance. Target share 21%, which tied, uh, or actually was second on the team behind Russell Gage for the day. So Patterson, they continue just to find ways to feed him the ball. Like, let's just get him on the field every play, whether it's running back or receiver. I don't know why they're screwing around with any of these guys playing ahead of him at any, you know, it's fine if you still want to let the other guys play, you can, but let's just make sure that Patterson never comes off the field. It's a shame it took so long for a team to figure this out. At least someone finally did. And it truly is special what he's doing. And as we've talked about here on the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, dual threat players are a cheat code in fantasy land. So PFF Lily Stat, of course, is for our guy, C. Pat, because he is number one among all running backs this year with 459 receiving yards. How many receiving touchdowns do the Bears have at this point in time? Four. How many does Cordero Patterson have? Five. Let that sink in, uh, Chicago. And then the main thing, though, Dwayne, it's kind of like what we saw with J.D. McKissick last year, where you just saw this massive gap between his usage in the slot and out wide compared to every other running back. That's really how Patterson is being used, because he has 23 catches in the slot or out wide this year. Next closest running back, 12. Yards, 330. Next closest, 134. Patterson has three touchdowns lined up in the slot or out wide. No other running back has more than one Kings stay Kings. Giants took down the Raiders 23-16, to covering as a three-point home dog under cash at 46 and a half. Hey, Giants, you guys got the win with uh, fewer than 250 total yards. This one was ugly, just didn't have a lot of volume really going on in New York. And we got one of those days from Derek Carr where he just was not at his best. Two picks, both by Xavier McKinney, one on the pick six, just absolutely brutal. Could not get it over to the sideline. Was not Derek Carr's best day. Unfortunately, had to end things with a strip sack to lose the game so in his defense I think he could have had a score to Darren Waller I didn't get the right replay it looked like James Bradbury might have made a nice play and gotten his hand in there but basically inside the five 
Carr put the ball exactly where he needed to, and Bradbury ended up winning the battle. So Waller could have had a short touchdown. Still did come through those seven catches, 92 yards. Wasn't even listed on the injury report uh, during the week. So hopefully this is just the beginning of that big second half bounce back. Many are assuming comes to fruition. Uh, my two big beefs here, uh, Kadarius Tony, one drop back, one rush attempt, and one target. Come on. I know he was out there, and I know Daniel Jones only threw the ball 20 times. I just feel like with someone with Tony, treat him like a Tyreek Hill in terms of like just design three to five plays a game to get the ball in his hands. You know, the jet sweeps, the pop passes, whatever it might be. He needs more usage than just this in a game where Sterling Shepard was out to begin with. So you got to win, whatever. But I just think that maybe, you know, utilize the best player on your offense a little more often. Final note, uh, really the big sheesh from this one. Uh, any of you out there on DraftKings know that when a player gets 100 rushing yards, you get that extra three-point bonus. Can go a long way when things get tight there at the end. Devontae Booker did get over 100, and then he had a four-yard tackle for a loss and finished with just 99 rushing yards. He got over 100 total, but unfortunately had to leave early with a hip injury and did not return. So we'll keep an eye on Booker's status. It does seem like Saquon's going to be back uh, really they might have a, I think they have a bye next week. Is that right, Dwayne? Mm-hmm. So it yep. sounds like Saquon, with the bye now coming up, should be back to go in week 11. But hey, how about that stretch for Devontae Booker? Really cementing himself. I mean, if he is going to be back in New York next year, Garrett doesn't leave. Massive assumptions I'm throwing out here. But like this usage he has had is absolute best case A-plus handcuff material. So I'm sure he has gotten a lot of people by with this constant RB2 volume-induced production. Now, Dwayne, with the Las Vegas Raiders, obviously Henry Ruggs is out of the picture. We need to take some of this with a grain of salt, though, because everyone's favorite field stretcher extraordinaire, Deshaun Jackson, is now with the squad. Yeah, we had Zay Jones out there today really playing that role 96% of the routes. 96% of the routes for Brian Edwards. Those are season highs for both, player, both players. Unfortunately, they just weren't able to do much with them in 9% target share for both uh, zero yards per route run today for Brian Edwards. So congrats on that, Brian. Zay Jones, nice 0 0.43. So look, I just I think we're just at a situation where they're probably not very good players, right? They're they're out there. They're they may be getting the routes, but there's a reason that they want to go get Deshaun Jackson. There's a reason um, that we haven't seen Brian Edwards really step forward and do much yet. Um, so you know. Things can change, like players can still evolve, you know, but I mean, we're one and a half years in um, Brian Edwards. Now he's hurt a lot of last year, but it seems like we would have seen him flash by now. So we're not seeing that. Darren Waller though, very nice for those of you that did stay patient, um, like you should have. Elite utilization continues on 25% of the targets today, 40% of the team's air yards, 2.24 yards per route run, targets per route run, 27%. That's elite routes. Per pass play, 86%. And then, like you mentioned, Ian, on the Giants' side of the ball, 75% um, routes run for Kadarius Toney. Same thing for Darius Slayton. Same thing for um, Kenny Galladay. So they just really wanted to rotate all three players. And, you know, you got to get Colin Johnson out there. It's really necessary. You need to get Colin Johnson on the field. So he was out there for 18% of the routes because those routes probably shouldn't have gone to Kadarius Toney or other players that might be better, you know, deserving of them. But anyway, whatever. Devonta Booker, you did mention it, one yard away from hitting the 100-yard bonus, but he was hurt. So he got hurt at the end of that game, and that was killer. PFF Lily stat is for Devontae Booker because since week five, which was when Saquon suffered that terribly unfortunate ankle injury, 
Only Derrick Henry has more touches than Devontae Booker. Now, I took that at about 7 p.m. when there's still some games going on. I think we're good. I didn't want to tweet it out, so anyone out there that finds out I'm off by one or two, like, my apologies. We'll get everything finalized Monday morning and beyond. But even if he's third, man, like, that is just absolutely bonkers usage for someone that, as we saw when Saquon's healthy, isn't even going to play. So, uh, yeah, you know, Jason Garrett is going to stick his head out of trains and do Jason Garrett things. Patriots took down the Panthers 24-6, covering as a three-and-a-half point favorite under cash with ease at 41-and-a-half. Um, you know, this was, like today, usually I have our, like, Octo box in the PFF headquarters. I had to uh, home up with the mom and stuff uh, today in the sweet old Dublin, Ohio. So didn't have a chance to have my eyes on the games as much as possible. We were both red zone and two other screens going on. Uh, believe you me, I did my best, people. But just every time I saw this game, Sam Darnold was having a pick that was somehow worse than the one that I had just previously seen. And that wasn't even the part that made me the most mad, Dwayne. The part that really, you know, grinded my gears was when he gets DJ Moore on a crosser, just has no idea there's an incoming defender waiting to freaking lay our guy to waste. And that's what happened luckily the defender i forget who it was but they did a real good save 2021 hit and just you know hit dj really in the ribs instead of in the head so he got up slow i'm not sure if it was ribs might have been air i mean he was back in the game afterwards so maybe he pops up on the injury report maybe he doesn't doesn't seem like he's gonna miss any sort of time but it just sucks man because why was robbie anderson not in there why was terrence marshall Mar or i guess robbie wasn't there excuse me and terrence was back why did they miss previous time in previous weeks because of hospital balls from darnold where he just was not protected his receivers so just unfortunate to see and really with Darnold uh, you know we've been saying this now for several weeks but it's not getting any better and it is concerning but at least the one thing getting better in Carolina is Christian McCaffrey they said there'd be a pitch count and I guess relative to his normal workload there it, there was but still 14 carries another five targets he caught four of them cleared 100 total yards with this as his comeback week I think we can expect even more usage in week 10 and beyond and we'll get back to having CMC as our weekly overall RB1. So um, only notes on New England side of things. Again, like their defense was really just all they needed in this one. JC Jackson had a super long um, pick six for a touchdown. And he had another interception as well. Shout out J.C. Jackson making plays. And, of course, Jamie Collins. Every time he comes back to New England, he turns back into a great player. He had an interception as well. So, yeah, just with these uh, running back rotation uh, splits, uh, Dwayne, I'll throw this one over to you. We do need to take it with a little bit grain of salt because both Damon Harris and Ramondre Stevenson suffered head injuries. We did not have J.J. Taylor active. So we ended up having Stevenson. Brandon Bolden and Damian Harris combining for 33 carries for 146 yards with a short touchdown for Harris. So have you looked into these splits yet? Like, do, could we see any sort of difference before the injuries or is this just kind of a muddled uh, throwaway sort of split? I haven't been able to break it down like exactly when their injuries occurred, but I think we've seen enough from the Patriots this year to know that Damian Harris is going to get 50 to 60% of the rushing attempts. Then you're going to have either J.J. Taylor or Ramondre Stevenson coming in getting 25%, you know, of the rushing attempts. May have got a little, well, Stevenson was at 25% today. And then Brandon Bolton's usually worth 10 to 5%, but he gets more involved in the passing game. So I don't think there's any big takeaways here. Um, you know, I'll, I'll dig into it tomorrow more on the utilization report. Um, as far as the rest of the team, though, um, nothing that big on the Patriots. It was interesting, though. I mean, Mac Jones, only 139 yards. I guess that's all you really need to beat Sam Darnold. Um, he did throw a touchdown. Sam Darnold, 172 yards, zero touchdowns, three picks. So a, a real pass-heavy game here, Ian. Um, 
as far as Christian McCaffrey goes, it was a little bit under what we usually see, but to your point, I think it was enough to show like next time we see the Panthers, it'll probably be completely wheels up. Um, so if you saw McCaffrey out there for 49% of the snaps, the big area they gave McCaffrey a breather on was really in the passing game. He was only out there for 34% of the routes. And it was Amir Abdullah, their new crush, Ian. They like him in the passing game. He was out there for 45% of the routes. He handled 45% of the long down and distance. And they didn't really need it. They didn't have the two-minute offense today. I don't want to say they didn't need it. They did need it. But they did not use the two-minute offense today. Um, and then you had 100% of the short down and distance going to Christian McCaffrey, 67% of the rushing attempts going to Christian McCaffrey. But to your point, 16% target share still for McCaffrey. So that's a 33% targets per route run. So one of these things where, hey, we're not having McCaffrey out there all the time. We're going to lighten his snap load. But when he is out there, we're going to, we're going to draw things up. We're going to try to get him the ball. Dwayne, we got to have a tough conversation here. We maybe victory lap a little early on it. I mean, I wasn't victory lapping because I was wrong about it, but like I was all ready to say, you know what, DJ Moore, weekly wide receiver one, no thoughts about it after the first month of the year. And you look at the last five games, hasn't surpassed 75 yards, hasn't scored a touchdown. Is it like he had a big game today, but you know, your reasoning when we're talking about Devontae Smith before this last week was, hey, he has high end, like he has wide receiver one, wide receiver two usage. We just need to treat him as a wide receiver three. DJ Moore has wide receiver one usage, but we just need to treat him as a wide receiver too. Yeah, I think that's where we're at. Um, I wrote that actually in the utilization report last week. It was like, look, one more week, yeah. and I'm just going to have to move him down. Because he was he had moved his way up to mid-range wide receiver one, then he had fallen down to low-end wide receiver one. And last week, that was my comments that, look, like the utilization is great, but when you have a quarterback that's struggling to get to 200 yards every week, which were five or six weeks in a row now with this with Darnold, it's just not really going to change, you know, and there's no re there, there's only the only two players you can start on the Panthers offense, period, are DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. Right. And McCaffrey's going to, you know, he'll end up probably being fine. But yeah, more, you just got to treat him more as a, I would say mid range, probably wide receiver two, but low end wide receiver two, you know, somewhere between those two. We can even throw upside on there. We know he's a great guy. It's just, we yeah. need Sam Darnold to resume, to go, just to go away. <laughs> Go away. Yeah, just go away at this point because people, oh it gosh. really is as bad as ever. PFF lowest stat for this one. Sam Darnold had a higher PFF passing grade in both 2018 and 2019 than he presently does in 2021. His 62.1 PFF passing grade is 29th among 35 qualified QBs. Absolute sheesh. Uh, yeah, one final thing. Mentioned this before, but yeah, Damon Harris and Andromandre Stevenson with the head injuries. Make sure you guys check out Dwayne and myself back here on Tuesday to go through all the waiver wire stuff during the week. What Brandon Bolden, JJ Taylor talk, all the goodness for then. Jaguars took down the Bills 9 to 6. Absolute mad, mad NFL Sunday again, people. 14 and a half point dogs. They won outright under easily cash of 48 and a half. Uh, it was the Josh Allen game. Dwayne, I kind of enjoyed it on Twitter. I saw you had some harsh words. Like, this isn't, I could see this pissing me off if we had a bunch of same-name players consistently playing each other and we freaked out every single time. But come on, man, why you got to mute Josh Allen? It was a fun day. I, I just, it was too much, man. Like, it was <laughs> over, everybody. Like, I, I have the games on, so, like, I'm hearing it. And then it's on Twitter, too, and you, you're trying to find other stuff, and I'm just like, <laughs> God, like, this is annoying. Yeah, I do think it's funny and it's pretty crazy. Like how the Jags, Josh Allen, did do all these things, right? He had a sack. 
he had a fumble recovery. He had a pick, he had a pick of the player, you know, with the same name. That is pretty crazy. I mean, I, I give it credit, but it was just like a situation where like it was going so much, and then NFL Red Zone was doing it too. So yeah. when it would snap to the game, you're hearing it. Then you go to Red Zone, and you know, Scott Hansen's doing it, and then you get on Twitter, and it's, it was just it was Josh Allen overload. You really couldn't get away. The, that, the horse was beaten within like 15 seconds of the first sack being taken. <laughs> Hopefully, you don't have to deal with this again too many more times soon. But yeah, Josh Allen, I mean, if you start, obviously, we're starting him in fantasy each and every week. And he did give us the 50 rushing yards. But yeah, man, it was another game where he looked a lot more like the guy in 2018, 2019 than the guy in 2020. So that's what happens when you score six points against the Jaguars. I don't have some grand scheme to make this performance out better than it actually was. Very brutal. You know, we had Cole Beasley getting eight catches, only 33 yards. Stefan Diggs, 85 scoreless yards. Manuel Sanders came back relatively okay from the goose egg, still just 65 yards. So Zach Moss did suffer a concussion, and Devin Singletary still only managed to get uh, six carries. He did chip in the seven receptions, but we've seen this in the past, people. Like when Zach Moss or Frank Gore have missed time, Devin Singletary's role really doesn't change that much. He might step up and be the lead guy, and he might not lose the same sort of uh, goal line carries to Moss when he got someone like Matt Breida expecting to fill in if Moss does end up missing time. But again, this isn't like a 90% snap situation we should be looking at. Singletary moving forward. Still going to be annoying to have any of these bills in fantasy land. Um, yeah, and on the Jaguar side of things, I'm just happy that Trevor Lawrence uh, didn't get hurt. He had a bad-looking ankle injury in the first half, returned, and gutted out that victory. Um, unfortunately, the Jaguars did feel the need to feed Carlos Hyde 22 touches, 73 scoreless yards. One of the most just predictably, hilariously sad uh, stat lines I've ever seen in my, you know, eight, ten years in this industry, whatever you want to call it. Final note here. At the end of the game, man, it was 9-6, to six and they won, so who cares? But Trevor Lawrence had a chance to put the dagger in them, wide open Marvin Jones for a 50-yard score. Just sailed it. He had pressure in his face. I get it. But, yeah, it could have been even bigger. Just F you to Bills Mafia, I guess, if they could have somehow won by two scores. So, Dwayne, yeah, I mean, go off, man. This one is disgusting. 15 points. What are we doing, guys? Yeah, man, it really is bad. And like with Sanders, with Emmanuel Sanders, like, you know, 60, these are his, you know, box scores for the year. 69 yard, these are receiving yards, 69 and zero touchdowns, 60 and one, 62 and zero, 111 and zero, 69 and zero, 89 and one, and then 40 and one. And then you had, you know, today. So, man, I like with Diggs, it's just one of these things. It's like, is this ever going to stop? Like, it's, it's another player where the utilization is there. Obviously, we're not going to look at him like DJ Moore, right? We're not dealing with, you know, Sam Darnold. Um, <laughs> but 18% target share today. And, and he's struggling every week to get, like, up over 90% of the routes. Like, they're really rotating all these players. Now, they run quite a few plays, so typically it's okay. But it is interesting, like, that this offense is just kind of struggling, you know, compared to what we saw last year. Um, like, they're – for the amount of volume that we get from this offense, we aren't, we're just not getting a ton of yards. You know, Josh Allen's been surviving, but a lot of his weapons haven't been necessarily doing what we thought they could do. Um, Emmanuel Sanders was out there for 100% of the snaps today. Cole Beasley only 64%, but he led the team in targets for I think the third week in a row, Ian, at 25%. Yeah. Zach Moss was knocked out of the game with a concussion. 
Um, Devin Singletary came in and didn't really do anything either. Um, so not much you could do with the Bills rushing attack. You already mentioned Carlos Hyde. Yeah, Carlos Hyde, 79% of the snaps, 79% of the rushing plays, 100% of the two-minute offense. Carlos Hyde in the two-minute offense because that's just the way things are. Uh, 67% of the short down and distance, 58% of the long down and distance. So if we get another game where I, I doubt we will because it was like borderline this week with James Robinson. Um, and next week, no, we don't. The Jags already had their bye, so we're good on that. Um, but we'll have to. We'll keep an eye on that. Dan Arnold did again get up over the 70 percent mark in the routes, and he led the team in targets, twenty two percent, going to Dan Arnold, who is also apparently the kryptonite. Once he left uh, the Carolina Panthers, they've just fallen apart. Once you no longer had Sam Darnold to Dan Arnold, like everything just disintegrated from there. Uh, Lavisca Chenault did. Get back up over the 60% route run. He got to 84% today, but like I, I don't know what to tell you about it. Like I can't tell you if it's going to continue. And still, only 19% of the targets. The offense looks so terrible. I don't know that any of it matters. You just you don't really want to use any piece of the Jaguars' um, offensive attack unless the name is James Robinson once he's healthy. There's like a way you know you know you can do like the screen time and it tells you how much you've been looking at your phone and all that. If there's a way to go back over my last 12 months to see how many conversations and hours I've spent talking about Dan Arnold, I would just be disgusted because you know he's fine. But again, people like there are more things, more important things a 28 year old male like myself should be doing than talking this much about Dan Arnold. But it is what it is, and I sure do love football. Real fun note from this one though, uh, courtesy of at my sports updates pff zone ari the manning cast curse man it's it's real so in week one travis kelsey and russell wilson joined the manning cast chiefs and the seahawks lost in week two rob gronkowski joined in week two the bucks lost in week three matthew stafford joined in week three the rams lost in week four tom brady in week seven they lose in week eight and most recently most egregiously josh allen joins in week eight and the bills lose in week nine so hey man once we see it monday night get those bets in i think they might have this week off but you can bet your ass i am down to lose a unit or so chasing this ridiculous trend uh quickly pff lily trend here it's just kind of a note that this bills team while still dominant for most of the year other than obviously this sunday it is different the way they're getting this done because you know you don't expect to lose many games giving up nine points and their defense has been incredible this year in terms of epa allowed per play they are number one in the nfl minus 0.279 and last year they were just 14th at positive 0.024 uh, EPA per play so the difference is the offense which only ranks 11th in EPA per play at this point last year they were forced so truly seeing Buffalo be more of a team winning on the defensive side of the ball I'm not counting out Josh or anything we've still seen him play at a high level for stretches but we need more consistency for them to be the best version of the 2020-2021 additions Ravens took down the Vikings maybe in the game of the day 34 to 31 Minnesota did cover as seven point dogs uh, the overcashed at 51 Dalvin Cook we didn't quite get the huge breakout game he sure got close but Kirk Cousins had to you know do Kirk Cousins things and take away the goal line QB snake he doesn't do it that often I'm just bitter I got Dalvin in a lot of leagues but 17 carries 110 yards 66 yard run where it was a third and one maybe I think it was a third and one not fourth and one but they gave him a pitch man got a good 
130 yards and then picked up another 30 yards cutting across the field vintage dalvin monster run the only thing missing was the actual score so unfortunately they get that but again 17 carries also chipped in three receptions in a game that just the vikings confusingly only end up running 52 plays despite going pretty much the entirety of overtime uh one of the reasons was all right Dwayne, here we go uh kane nawanu Man, I hate that I've given myself this time. <laughs> anyway, 98-yard kick return for the backup running back. Absolutely electric. He showed off some of the speed uh, with it that. But, yeah, so, you know, the Ravens, they ran the ball 45 times, and they were just really soaking up most of the clock. So, Minnesota, while Cousins, you know, he threw one bomb to Jefferson early, and then he got Thielen um, inside the 10-yard line. We just only had 28 pass attempts. And Dalvin Cook, usually if Cousins is under 30 pass attempts, you'd expect Dalvin to be flirting with 30 rush attempts just wasn't meant to be so good performance from the vikings offense i wouldn't worry too much about the lack of volume um everywhere around and then just the lamar jackson show three touchdowns through the air 120 yards on the ground he was six inches short of getting a rushing touchdown i mean look he It'll probably be the, I would be shocked if he's not the overall QB1 on the week. We're not shooting too hard on Lamar. I'm just trying to tell you guys what happened. Le'Veon Bell did steal, you know, steal, scored, whatever you want to call it. Got a touchdown uh, for himself. But these receivers, man, Dwayne, this is where I think it gets really exciting with the Ravens. You know, we've talked up Mark Andrews all year. He didn't have the best game. Lamar actually missed him on a couple pretty open crossers uh, that I think they'll be back fine in. But everyone else... Devin Duvernay, catch of the day, going back across his body, one-handed in the back of the end zone. Rashad Bateman, you know, five catches, 52 yards. A lot of people were really expecting a true breakout performance. He almost had it because they kind of had a little scramble drill. He got open deep. Lamar just kind of underthrew it. And they drew the long DPI, so it wasn't a waste or anything like that. But just realized with a better ball, he could have had a 45-yard score. And then Marquise Hollywood-Brown, nine catches, 116 yards on 12 targets. And Dwayne, he looked explosive as hell the entire time i believe i saw you retweeted at first but um fantastic twitter account from our friend adam harstead where basically and, and like here's the pff lowest style I'll throw it out right now in hollywood's last 16 games 126 targets 83 catches 1216 yards and 12 receiving scores we both had him as a wide receiver one going into this matchup and i think it's gonna be pretty damn hard to take him out anytime soon Dwayne. Yeah, it's funny to me how much people want to battle this Marquise Brown thing. Like, people do not. We have 16 games now. Like, come on. They don't want to do it. People are not ready for Marquise Brown. They're just not ready for this world that we're living in. (laughs) I I don't understand it. Look, and I like Rashad Bateman. You like Rashad Bateman. But what does that mean you can't like Marquise Brown? Like, he is the clear alpha on the team. 95% of the routes versus 82% for Bateman. And that's good for Bateman, right? That's his career high is 82%. And it's only this season. But, um, you know, the, the problem for Bateman is going to be what's going to happen when Sammy comes back. And people are like, well, Sammy just won't matter. Well, if Sammy just takes 20% of that, well, you're back to 60%. And it's just going to make Bateman a hard a hard player to start. But, yeah, with Brown, I mean, look, he's going to lead the air, the team in air yards pretty much every week. You know, he can, hit, he can make every kind of play. He can catch the ball underneath and take it to the house. He can catch the ball over the top of the defense, take it to the house. Yeah, he's not a contested catch type guy. But Lamar does look for him whenever they're down inside the red zone, the green zone, the red zone. Whatever zone you want to name, he <laughs> likes Marquise Brown. So, Marquis, uh, for Marquise, Marquise Andrews, Mark Andrews, <laughs> brother of Marquise, Marquise. Mark, um, Mark Andrews out there for 75% of the routes, so just a little below the 80%. But yeah, man, targets per route run are still great, 23%. Target share, 24%. Like you said, he didn't come through huge in the box score, but looking good. 
As far as the Ravens' backfield, I have no clue if this will stick or not, but we did see a player kind of take the lead with Devonta Freeman. 58% of the snaps today, 58% of the routes. Still was pretty much a split on the ground, 32% to Freeman, 27% to Le'Veon Bell, and then you have, of course, 51% to Lamar Jackson. Uh, Tyson Williams was only out there uh, in some of the passing down work. He did not see a carry in the game. So you, if you folks have probably already all hopefully moved on from all of these Ravens running backs, um, but you know Williams doesn't need to be on rosters um, at all. Uh, as far as the Vikings, there's nothing really new here, Ian, unless you have any questions about it. Like it's the typical Vikings offense, right? You got Dalvin yeah. Cook, you got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins just really struggled a little bit today with Adam Thielen, with Jefferson. Only 40% of the throws were catchable to Adam Thielen today. And so I mean, if you look at that from the perspective, you know, of an NFL average, typically 76% of, of uh, targets to wide receivers are catchable. So 40% is quite below that. 36% below the NFL average today for Thielen. And Justin Jefferson got off to a hot start in the first half, but really cooled in the second half. Only 60% of his passes were, catch- were catchable. So that is 18% below the NFL average. So they struggled a little bit today in the passing game. It could have been, I think there was a lot left on the field. It could have been bigger. And like you said, it was kind of weird that the box, with the way things worked out for Cousins not to have a ton of attempts or a huge day in the passing department and to see the game go into overtime to not see Dalvin with more work, but it wasn't because they were giving it to anyone else. Like it's just that that's just the way the game worked out. Dalvin was still out there for 80% of the snaps, 74% of the rushing attempts, 100% of two minute offense, 100% of short down distance. So Cooks, you know, got still got huge days coming, um, had a nice long run today, you know, got over a hundred yards. So you'll take it, but we're, we still haven't seen the best of Dalvin Cook yet in 2021. Dwayne, you said the average catchable rate is 73%? Uh, yeah, 70, uh, 78, sorry. Okay, 78%. Sorry, no, 76, 76, 76% cool. is the average two receivers. Okay, and that's, you know, we'll you know, get a little baseball metaphor going on here. That's like maybe a 270, 280 hitter. And then, of course, we got the Mendoza line at 200. So, for the NFL, the catchable ball rate, the Beckham line at 62%. And he was even... You know, again, 22% below that. Tough day for Adam Thielen. We got three more 4 o'clock games to get to, everyone. Before that, we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills because right now you can get 25% off any PFS subscription if you use code FANCY. Grades and data are live for every single player who logged a snap last week. Go check out the highest graded graded players from week nine with the PFF subscription. Again, use code FANCY. You'll get all of our locked article content, our strength of schedule school, betting, uh, strength of schedule tool, betting dashboards, betting prop tools, and also our player rankings, which again, we want to answer start, answer start sit questions. We're doing six podcasts a week. Dwayne and I are writing so much. We're icing our hands, you know, when we're done every single night. <laughs> um, but, you know, we do this and we also want to give you the ranking. So it's basically a whole thing to help you learn how to fish, but then also give you the fish sometimes. And again, you can get 25% off all that. All you got to do is use code FANTASY. And also, NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Oh, I think I messed. I hope. Oh, man. If someone did this promo last week, I'm pretty sure I was hyping up Bills over Jaguars as the 14 <laughs> and a half point favorite. No. <laughs> it's like, hey, just just take the Bills. Hey, yeah, oh, look, it I'm so sorry, yeah. everyone. I'm so sorry. I picked the 14 and a half point favorite. You know what? If that's where that, that's my cross to bear. 
Barry. That's, that's Ian, the idiot that picked the Bills over the Jaguars. Fine. Blame me. Send me all your mean tweets about it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win a promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. My voice is fading, people. I was singing Mr. Brightside at the wedding far too loud. But you know what? Whether it's football success or financial savvy, the right questions help set the stage for winning strategies. Western and Southern is teaming up with PFS very own Chris Collinsworth to share insights that can help put you ahead on both your fantasy and financial scoreboards. Want to hear about Chris's old playing days behind the scenes with Allen Sunday Night Football? How about a need to know for your financial future? You can ask about either or both in every football or financial question you ask earns you a chance to win a catered party for February's big game. So please check out the Chris Collinsworth podcast and Western Southern's Instagram for answers to the best questions each week. Submit your questions at westernsouthern.com slash askchris. One more time, that is westernsouthern.com slash askchris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out that link in the description below. Remember, with Western and Southern, you can rest assured on game day. Three more, everybody. Chargers took down the Eagles 27 to 24. Really fun game, actually. Chargers did cover as one-point favorites, and the over cashed at 49-and-a-half. Jalen Hurts, man, I think he's played arguably two of his best games over the past two weeks of the season. The problem is that his running backs are now vulturing all the touchdowns inside the five that we were used to him getting this week. Jordan Howard got one, and everyone's favorite waiver wire pickup, Kenny Gainwell, converted one of his two carries into a short score. Now, why are Jordan Howard and Kenneth Gainwell like getting goal line carries? Because this backfield makes no freaking sense. We also had Boston Scott getting 10 carries out there. Did any of these running backs get a target? Of course not. Jalen Hurts only threw the ball 17 times. It was good to see him really focus those target shares around Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Devontae really joined maybe not quite the breakout, but pretty close, man. We'll take it. Five catches, 116 yards, and a score. I cannot wait to go back and watch the all 22 of Devontae because they kept showing these 20, 25-yard catches where he just had five, six yards of separation. I'm just, you know, envisioning those double moves he probably set up to get open. It's going to be a good time. And Dallas Goddard, I know he only finished with 43 yards, people. Should have been so much more. Like, we're talking a legit 50-yard score on the first drive of the game. Unfortunately, it hurts. Just, I seem like he threw it over the wrong shoulder. Like, Goddard kind of adjusted to it. It went off a hand. Would have been an incredible catch, so I will put the blame on Hurts for that one. Uh, with the Chargers, real quick, really frustrating first drive for them when they got so... It might have been the second drive. I saw a stat in the broadcast. It was the first time since 2002 a team drove 98 yards and failed to come away with a point. So Mike Williams lost on a fade to Darius Slay. Then they dropped that little quick screen that the Saints always do with Michael Thomas. Then they went for it on fourth and goal from the two. Keenan Allen caught it, but he was ruled just short of the end zone. So unfortunate there. But we did have Keenan really come through in this one. 12 catches for 104 yards. And Mike Williams wasn't easy, but we did get a 49-yard bomb that he caught over Slay uh, to really save his day. So um, I think that about covers it, Dwayne. Uh, what are you seeing here with Mike Williams? Because again, this wasn't a dud, but we were one deep catch away from it being yet another dud. And I know we're not taking away anyone's big plays. We don't do that here on the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. But it is, like, what's the usage looking like? Because we are seeing Keenan now, 13 targets. Nobody else had more than five. Yeah, I did just pull it all in while we were sitting here talking, I was pulling in the late game stuff. So Mike Williams is out there, I mean, 91% of the routes, just like Keenan Allen, 
But this is multiple weeks now where we just haven't seen, you know, Williams as involved. Now, I know over the last few games, and I don't have this in front of me right now, I want to say when I looked at his dot earlier, um, it was like around 12.5 or 12.9. But I know over the last few weeks, his dot has been higher, and we've seen, you know, his targets go down. But there's also a mix of injuries and different things that have been going on. He only saw 14% of the targets this week. So I'm just going to chalk it up at this point. You know, Ian, yeah, we've had a few bad games, and obviously, um, you know, we've, we probably can't just have him right there in that borderline tight end one conversation and to move him down a little bit. But at the same time, like, I don't see something here where I'm just like, wow, like, Mike Williams is not going to be part, you know, of this offense. We know that Keenan Allen just wasn't utilized a ton early in the season, and now we're seeing him get used more. So I think you're just going to see some ebb and flow. You still have a good young quarterback. You still have a team that wants to throw the ball plenty. So I think overall still all signs are positive for Mike Williams. Um, we just need to get him back in sync, you know, with, um, you know, Justin Herbert. I mean, 92% of his passes or 60% of his passes were catchable today. So that was a little bit lower. Keenan Allen was 92%. Of course, Keenan Allen working more underneath intermediate and he's starting to get things going. 35% target share today for Keenan Allen. Um, 37% of the air yards, 2.74 yards per route run. Um, on the Eagles side of the ball, you did mention Dallas Goddard, 83%. Again, up over the 80% threshold, 38% target share. He and Devonta Smith, this is starting to isolate down to really just Goddard and Smith. We've seen this now for a couple of weeks. So this is really encouraging, especially with an offense where we know that Jalen Hurts can have some problems with passing. We don't want it to be something where it's going to four or five receivers. That way, when we have these kind of weeks where things can get lean like the last couple of weeks, you still may be, may be able to salvage something if you're really only you know feeding the ball to two players. And so it is all about Goddard, all about Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith handled 54% of the air yards today, 5.27 yards per route run, 27% targets per route run, 38% target share on the field for 92% of the passing plays. So Devonta Smith, Ian, that um, that low-end wide receiver two utilization did finally pop through in the box score, get a nice week out of him, over 100 yards and a touchdown. Love it. Maybe one day, one day we can even get 20, 30 pass attempts from Jalen. Oh, and Eagles backfield, Com- complete, oh, complete scramble again. <laughs> Everybody out there, uh, you get, uh, it, was, it, was, it, it was like what we saw though last week. It's really, you know, it's Jordan Howard and Boston Scott mostly sharing, and then the leftovers go into Kenneth Gainwell. 40% of the snaps to Jordan Howard, 44% to Boston Scott. 52% of the rushing attempts to Jordan Howard, though, 30% to Scott, only 6% to Gainwell. Gainwell handled 55% of long down and distance. So really, Gainwell, here are your roles. Kenneth Gainwell is your closer if, if, if the Eagles are in a situation to be able to close a game, which isn't a lot. But he's also really the two-minute offense back. He'll handle at least half of the passing down work. But then you have really Jordan Howard and Boston Scott splitting what was Miles Sanders' role before. So the answer to any of your star sick questions with an Eagles running back is going to be the other guy. Quick PFF (laughs) stat. Shout out Austin Eckler at the end of the game. Chargers, they went for it on fourth and one. They were able to pick it up with a sneak with Herbert. But it was looking like it was going to be a long field goal. Eckler ended up bursting a good 20, 25-yard run to really set them up in a position to win the game. And this season, people, he is on pace for now. 1,708 total yards and 17 trips to the end zone. Just a true baller. And you know what? One of our 
our own, Dwayne. Yeah, shout out to the folks at Yahoo Fantasy. Austin Eckler always doing stuff, setting his own ranks, starting himself, believing in himself, just like all of you should at home and whatever you're He also are. leads the NFL in scrum touchdowns. I don't think he got another <laughs> one of those this week, but you know, I think two is definitely in the lead. When they literally just picked him up, that, that was unbelievable. <laughs> Cardinals took down the 49ers 31 to 17. No Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins. Did not matter for the four-point underdogs. The over cashed at 45. It's James James Connor's world. We're all just living it, Dwayne. And look, we gave him credit last week, and one of my I think stats for our preview was just how good he had been as a true goal line back. Like truly the best in the league. He was like six for seven and carries inside the five, converting them into touchdowns. He was showing big playability. I don't know that we've ever seen in his career. Like, even going back to 2018, the best days in Pittsburgh. You know, I'm not sure what Connor did in the offseason, you know, what kind of voodoo he might be working with, but the guy looked fast. I was watching games with my mom. She doesn't, she probably heard James Connor, but she saw him taking the screen 50 yards, 45 yards for a touchdown. She said, wow, that guy's fast. Like, I would never expect a casual football fan to look at James Connor and confuse him as a fast guy, but Dwayne, he did look fast, so he had the 45-yard screen for a score. There was one point where it was like second and 18, and they just ran back-to-back screens, and it somehow worked, and he got the first down. So 96 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Just a huge day from James Conner. Now, of course, a lot of this was purely because Chase Edmonds, unfortunately, had one carry and then departed the game with an ankle injury. So he really has been standing out in recent weeks with the shoulder. He'd get banged up and he'd come back in. Couldn't do it this time. So yeah, if you know he's going to be out of this one, we do need to keep a small eye on Eno Benjamin. I'll throw that over to you uh, in a little bit here, Dwayne. He did chip in nine carries himself. Had an absolute truck stick touchdown like that was awesome uh seeing you know do that i know there's a lot of truthers in the fantasy industry just hard for a seventh rounder to carve out too big of a role but uh perhaps you know could have a little bit of flex value without chase i do think that this usage suggests that james connor though could just be the 80 90 percent um hoss as i wanted everyone to trade for chase edmonds you know i guess the opposite does also apply here if you take edmonds out of the equation now you have connor soaking up a lot of that pass down work at least when colt mccoy is under center uh, shout out to Cole McCoy though, man. Only four incompletions, no picks. Like just, you know, we mentioned Jacoby and some of these other guys. Colt McCoy is always going to be a top 40 quarter, maybe not always, but another five years. Top 40 quarterback. Keep racking in those backup checks. Modern day Alex Moran, you know, not quite Chase Daniel level, but we are getting there. And, you know, great game by Colt. 50 yard dime to Christian Kirk, making good stuff happens. And, you know, We've given Cliff Kingsbury a lot of shit over the years, and by we, I mean I feel like the entire fantasy industry. I feel like he called a great game in this one. They had that uh, reverse pass from Christian Kirk to uh, Antoine Wesley. I think that's his name. Yeah. Um, he played, yeah, cool. Uh, Texas and he, Tech, yeah. Yeah, and he ended up being ruled out just short. It looked like he almost scored, like Cliff challenged it and everything. But, hey, this was a game without your two best players on offense and a second road matchup against a division rival. I mean, it was like more, you know, cards stacked against them than even that Cowboys win against the Vikings when they had to go to their backup quarterback, and the Cardinals managed to do it even more impressively. So I think a lot of people, maybe after that Packers game, it was like, okay, are these guys really for real or not? Amazing win by the Cardinals. And also, it was really cool. Uh, Chandler Jones set the all-time Cardinals sack record. And I, I forget the previous leader's name, but he actually had the guy's like picture on his undershirt. So he was all ready to honor the guy that you know previously had the record. So cool guy, Chandler Jones. And, you know kudos to him for the great season and the great career uh, to this point. Quickly on the 49ers side, 
Hey, Dwayne, Brandon Ayuk, 89 yards, touchdown, six catches, looked great doing it. I was so worried when he fumbled early. He made a great catch, but just fumbled, did not care. Shanahan went back to him. And apparently Shanahan told Fox that Ayuk, quote unquote, makes this offense go for us. He unlocks this whole offense. Maybe keep throwing him the ball then, Kyle. I don't know. I'm just a fantasy guy in my mom's basement right now, but it seems like when you throw the ball to Ayuk, good things happen. But hey, good things were happening when they were throwing to really anyone. George Kittle, first game off the IR, six catches, 101 yards, and a score. Debo Samuel even had nine targets still, uh, only had 63 yards. Elijah Mitchell only had eight carries in this one. Luckily, seemed to dominate the touch usage despite having Hasty, Jeff Wilson, pretty much everyone except Raheem Mostert back in action, able to participate if they wanted them. It was still the Elijah Mitchell show. Unfortunately, Jimmy Garoppolo had the pick, had the five sacks, and when we had, you mean know, throw that that and with the fumbles from Kittle and Ayuk it was just a little bit too much for the San Francisco offense to overcome so Dwayne let's stick with these backfields because you know we'll talk about some Ayuk goodness too but that's the big thing here with Jeff Wilson coming back a lot of people got excited it's still the Elijah Mitchell show yeah I think the main thing is Jeff Wilson was active and Sermon was not active so if you have Sermon on your roster he can obviously be dumped um, Jeff Wilson should be on rosters and a lot of the leagues that you know our listeners play in, like Sermon's already been off their roster for, roster for multiple weeks, right? But yeah, Wilson is a stash play, but it is Elijah Mitchell's backfield. Um, Jamichael Hasty is the passing down back at 91% of the long down and distance today, 100% of the two-minute offense. But Elijah Mitchell still handled 80% of the rushing attempts, 66% of the snaps. So his role was really the exact same, which is why we like looking at percentage and utilization, Ian, because really what changed the game script changed, and that's what drove the way the touches were lower than what we've seen in games where when the 49ers are leading, are leading, the role was still the exact same. All the percentages were the same. The game just didn't flow the way that we had seen in the past for Mitchell, where the 49ers had really been able to you know, use, use the run game more over the last two weeks whenever they had been in more favorable scripts. Um, as far as, you know, the, you know, Brandon Ayuk, yeah, man, like this is two weeks in a row where he's been up in the 90% um, routes per drop back or routes per pass play range, which is phenomenal. Um, he actually had 22% of the targets today, which was second on the team to George Kittle, who I'll talk about here in just a second. Um, averaged 20% targets per route run today, 2.54 yards per route run, which was second on the team also to George Kittle. So Brandon Ayuk, like, looks like he is back in the good graces. We're not going to get... Uh, again, game scripts matter, right? So these target shares and all these things, you get in a game where you don't have to have Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo throw for 326 yards and two touchdowns, you know, it's going to be a little bit tougher for all three of these, you know, passing weapons to pay off. And when I say three, Kittle, Devo Samuel, Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk. But Ayuk has definitely shown enough, Ian. I think that he is in the wide receiver three conversation again. We're back. Um, we're back. Yeah, we're go. back. Look, and it's he's a talented player. It's just for whatever reason, he was in the doghouse, and it's good to see us get back to where we are now. Debo Samuel is still out there plenty as well, 19% target share. You know, he came into this game, you know, a little bit banged up, worried about his calf, so he wasn't quite as involved. Got involved late in the game, still showed, you know, some good run after the catch ability despite the calf issue. Um, so, but only 19% of the target. So he was third on the team, you know, behind um, Ayuk and Kittle. And then you had George Kittle's return, 67% of the routes. So they took it a little easy on him. You'd like to see him up around 80%, but 28% targets per route run. So like what we talked about with McCaffrey earlier, when George Kittle was on the field, they were really looking for him 
designing things up. He actually led the team in air yards, Ian, 38%. George Kittle at a tight end position, 3.48 yards per route run today. George Kittle is back. So the 49ers offense is looking really good. And that's that's a good thing because the defense does not look good at all um, right now. Struggling, you know, against the Cardinals with Colt McCoy under center. Just real quick on James Conner. Yes, we did see Eno Benjamin get involved, but this was mostly all James Conner. 77% of the snaps, 72% routes per drop back. That's the huge part because that's where you could see Eno Benjamin play a little bit more. 55% of the rushing attempts to 24% for Eno Benjamin. And then 75% of the short down distance, which he's really, he's owned that role the whole season. 90% of the long down distance. That's that's really huge for James Conner. So that shows you right now, things could change a little bit next week. You know, when you get these in-game injuries, you know, sometimes the, the coaching staff will do more to get certain players prepared to handle things a little bit differently the next week. But I think your call really on it being, you know what, I would lean probably more to this really just being James down as a near every down back. I think that still is the appropriate call. I don't think we're going to want to use, you know, Benjamin. Let's see what's going on with Chase Edmonds. If it's something where we think he's going to be out for a bit, Benjamin may be in a really deep format, a player that we want to just throw on our bench in case something happens to James Conner. Maybe we can use him for a few weeks, but I have a feeling we're only going to be giving that recommendation in really deep type formats, not the typical leagues that a lot of players play in. Uh, Rondell Moore, man. Um, I didn't know this was possible, but he did even even knowing that A.J. Green was going to be out and Hopkins was going to be out. I didn't know how much more. I thought more might be stuck around the 60, 70 percent route mark still. He got up to his credit over 88 percent today, which is really nice. 19 percent of the targets. Air yards negative uh, 0.05. So still being used <laughs> mostly around the line of scrimmage. Um, so it's uh, his counterpart across the field, Debo. He's in Debo Samuel's role from a year ago, basically. Yeah. That's what Rondell Moore is doing. But he looked pretty good um, today. Christian Kirk had a really good game. Um, and if you guys listened to the myself and Andrew this morning, he was a player that we talked about a little bit on the start sit um, show this uh, that we streamed from StreamYard over on YouTube this morning for Pro Football Focus, and you saw that Christian Kirk was a player that did come through today, led the team with 23% of the targets, was out there 100% of the routes today, and he and Colt McCoy, they were on the same page. Zach Ertz also got over 80% of the routes at the tight end spot. I think a lot of this changes. Obviously, next weekend, we'll probably get DeAndre Hopkins back. Probably get it. We'll probably get AJ Green back. So a lot of these utilization notes will not be worth a lot, you know, next week. But I thought they were still fun to talk about. Did, did Andy Isabella even play a snap? Uh, he did. He played ten percent of the snaps. Ian. Oh my God. Poor Antoine Andy. Wesley was seventy-seven <laughs> percent. Free so. Andy Isabella. I just want to play him like preseason DFS again someday. <laughs> Andy Isabella is pretty close to being freed onto the not NFL teams. <laughs> I think I think he is about to be XFL 2.0, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. PFF Lloyd stats for George Kittle. It's amazing, guys. He has now come back in four games from injury, and we can talk about a pitch count. We can talk about will he be back to 100%. It sure is how it looks like it each and every time. So in his four games, Coming back from injury in his career, six catches, 129 yards, and a touchdown on six targets. 15 catches, 185 yards, and a touchdown on 15 targets. Four catches, 92 yards on five targets. And today, six catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets. Efficient beast. Dwayne, you said like that gaudy yards per out run stat for Kittle. Like, yeah, only Devontae Adams had more than Kittle in the year 2020. It's a shame we haven't seen him be able to stay as healthy as he was earlier in his career. Here's to hoping that will be the case moving forward.
Now, in the worst game of the day, the Chiefs took down the Packers 13-7. Green Bay covered as a seven-point dog. The under hit at 48. Man, I knew, like, there was reason to panic for Mahomes. I'm not saying, like, this came out of nowhere by any stretch of the imagination. But this was rough, man. 13-7 against a Rodgersless Packers team. And just the whole game, it seemed like one quick dump down after another. They were showing Travis Kelsey getting wide open on the middle of the field routes that they had made a living doing. And Mahomes is too busy checking it down to Jarek McKinnon or whoever in the flat already. So he had two chances. And maybe this offense just needs, like, one big play and they're snap back into it I, I don't know Dwayne but they had two pretty damn good chances to do so could not convert on either so the first one potential 80 yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill that I don't think we can be too mad at though because Tyreek did kind of rip his defender down pretty obvious offensive pass interference they didn't call it so you know we can still say sheesh there but either way the really big backbreaker was a potential 96 yard score the safety was coming over the top again like this wasn't a guarantee like no one within 20 yards of him but we're used to seeing Mahomes and Hill like make these crazy plays on a weekly basis and they just haven't been there over the past month or so. So Tyreek joins Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, and the other guy in this matchup. Devontae Adams as the only players with over 100 unrealized air yards this week. Devontae probably had a good 40-yard score in the fourth quarter himself that he could have had with a better ball. Unfortunately, Jordan Love sailed it out of bounds. I mean, yeah, as bad as Mahomes was in this one, Jordan Love um, every bit worse. So credit to Love becoming the latest guy to torch Daniel Sorensen. Got a touchdown to Alan Lazard at the end, but it was just rough throughout this entire day. I mean, to only get Devontae Adams 42 yards on 14 targets. I'm happy he's prioritizing him as the number one pass game option that we obviously know he would be on just about any team in the league, but it is good news that we already have um, you know, Coach LaFleur coming out and saying that if Aaron Rodgers is good to go by next Sunday, he's a starter. We're not going to go through this charade of uh, Jordan Love needing to be under center again so pretty disappointing Dwayne like your first round quarterback your team has paid up for Devontae you paid up for Aaron Jones seven points against the Chiefs defense that we've seen pretty much everyone go off against so Last point I have here, Daryl Williams uh, really just dominated usage again, which, hey, we talked about this. As great as Gore was in that one drive last week, it was still the Daryl Williams show from a usage standpoint. Unfortunately, the 22 touches were converted in just 77 scoreless yards, and he was so close on two of them. Got stuffed on back-to-back goal line carries from the one before Mahomes found Kelsey for the score. So, yeah, Dwayne, just a horrendous game from uh, start to finish. And, yeah, where do you want to go with this one, man? Good luck. <laughs> it's weird to think that I just want to end the show without saying anything. <laughs> we're talking about the Packers and the Chiefs, right? We should be so excited about what we're talking about here. But, look, I think you've kind of just really, like, you've set the table. Like, look, this isn't this isn't what we're used to. Looking at Mahomes, you know, the last two games, he had 206 yards passing, you know, last week. Today he had 166 yards. Like, this is just uh, – it feels like we're talking about Sam Darnold right now. Like, that's how bad things really are. Um, but we, we fully expect things to turn around. Look, the NFL is adapting, in to these passing attacks. And it's interesting. Like, we're going to have to see what are the – Josh Allen ran into it today as well. Like, we're going to have to see what, what's, what, are, what are these passing teams going to do against the two high looks. How are they going to really generate, you know, different um, – you know, a different – in their scheme that's going to make defenses have to play them different? Or how are they going to adjust to really just get yards and go down the field? If you're noticing, a lot of these teams that are putting up fantasy points, you saw multiple – 
uh, teams today like the Ravens, like just putting together these long drives, just taking everything, taking what you give them, taking what you give them, taking what you give them, and then hitting you with a big play. And we're just not seeing the Chiefs consistently be able to do that yet. And, you know, it doesn't seem like Mahomes really wants to do that. He seems super frustrated by what's going on in the offense right now. You know, and I totally get it. Um, yes, Daryl Williams, you know, he did dominate 76% of the rushing attempts, only 12% to Derek Gore. So he's really just a relief player. But we should get Clyde Edwards-Alaire back soon. Um, they didn't remove, you know, he could be activated. He could have been activated this week. Obviously, he wasn't ready. Andy Reid said we still might be another week or two away. So we'll have to keep a have to keep an eye on that. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, they're still getting theirs. We just need the Chiefs offense to get going. As far as the Packers go, it's really the same thing. I mean, it's like it's Jordan Love, but they really ran their offense the same. You know, pretty much Aaron Jones had the same role, 55% of the rushing attempts to 36% uh, for A.J. Dillon. His use of, his utilization in the passing game was disappointing today. He was out there, you know, plenty, uh, but he only saw 6% of the targets. He handled 100% of the two-minute offense, 79% of the long down and distance work. So everything was there from an underlying perspective. It just didn't work out as far as getting in the ball. Uh, Devontae Adams, you already mentioned it. I mean, he's 45% of the targets, like everything's still being funneled towards him. Just 1.08 yards per route run, though, because we've got inefficiency going on at the quarterback position. Um, Alan Lazard did continue to play for the most part in the two wide receiver sets, even though you had Marquez Valdez-Scantling come back. Um, who was only at 59% of the routes versus 88% for Alan Lazard. That could change over the next few weeks. Um, but obviously, if the Packers do get in more shootout-type situations, other you know, unlike this game, once they have Aaron Rodgers back, there could be value down the stretch because we know Robert Tanyan's gone. Um, so they really need another target. It can't just be Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. It can be mostly them, but there is room. So I'm kind of interested to see what happens with Valdez, Scantling, and Lazard. We'll see if one of those two really assert themselves. Obviously, Adams and Jones are the two major pieces. Um, but if you're playing in a deeper format, it could end up being important. Like who wins that third role on the Packers in the receiving game? And Dwayne, just between us, man, it's it's Robert Tunyon. I, I know you're Tunyon. Kind of- Pride yourself on those things. <laughs> BFF Blue staff for this one before we get out of here. Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill combined 25 targets, 10 catches, 79 yards, zero touchdowns. Screw this game. We spent too much time on it as it was. But, Dwayne, this is like our shortest podcast maybe ever together, man. I feel like we got a lot of good info in here. I got energy going into week 10. Double digits, baby. And we'll be back all throughout the week. So, anything else you want to get off your chest? No, man. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to week 10. I'm looking forward to what's going on right now with the Rams and the Titans. Got to go see, like, what is Adrian Peterson tearing things up? I don't know. No, I mean, Stafford, really threw, Stafford threw back-to-back picks. One of them went down the two-yard line. The other one was a pick six. So uh, our, our, our lovely, our fearless leader, George, uh, had a fantastic uh, tweet that was, you know, the Leo DiCaprio looking at himself and pointing at himself in the TV. And it's like Jared Goff watching this Matthew Stafford performance. <laughs> so funny. has not been good, and we will go up to it. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this tomorrow, Tomorrow, we have more and more AJ Brown highlights to watch. So, for Dwayne, I'm Ian. Thank you as always for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. And until next time, take care, everybody.